Listen to Jesus from 2,000 years ago. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. The same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Light has been around since the beginning. After all, in the beginning, the very first act of creation, and if you ever thought about this, the very first thing God said, light, let there be light. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, what he is saying is you, us, we, from the beginning of time, when God created light and then all the other stuff and then us, we are the first act of God's creation, then and now, past, present. Once people figured out ways to start and harness fire, we followed the creative act of God and found ways to use light. But somewhere along the way, fire and light became something we have, something that we put under our control. And that's not what Jesus meant 2,000 years ago. I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary series, Stephen Johnson, called How We Got to Now. It takes all these different things, six different things that have just kind of become a part of our everyday life that we don't think about how we wound up here. Uh, he takes things like clean, cleanliness, goes back a couple of hundred years and says, you know what the world looked like before we picked up trash every Tuesday and Friday? And says, how did we get to now? And it's fascinating, great series. He has another one, one of my favorite episodes on cold. And what he talks about in cold, and they even highlight Houston and Galveston, about what Houston and Galveston looked like before the advent of air conditioning. What did it look like? How did we get to now? To where now, it's not 400,000 people. You know, it's millions upon millions. And you know why? Cold, yeah. Air conditioning. Well, he has an episode about light. How did we get to the point where here we are in 2020, and have you noticed there's a lot of light in this room? You know, we talk about, oh, sometimes it's kind of dark when it's cloudy. Imagine none of the lights turned on. You know, we have candles. He talks about the history of candles in the series. Did you know that candles didn't always smell like pumpkins and chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> there was a time when candles were rendered from animal fat, and they didn't smell so good. And somewhere along the way, really within the last couple of hundred years, there was this major discovery made on Nantucket Island. And you know what they discovered? 
The inside the head of whales was this fluid that burned. It was odorless and it gave off a tremendous amount of light. I used to have a poster of the first baseball game played at night at Wrigley Field in Chicago. And the ballpark is illuminated by hundreds of flashlights. Now, it's not a representation of the real first game. It's actually based on an old joke in Chicago. But did you know at Wrigley Field, the first night game played when they had artificial light, you know when it was? 1988. That they didn't have artificial light at Wrigley Field. It was all day games until 1988. That's astounding to think about, especially when you think about all this artificial light that we have around us all the time. It's only during the course of our lifetime, you know, when I say our, I'm talking about all the generations represented in this room, all of us right here. It's only during our lifetime that light, as we know it, has become such a thing. You know, we don't go anywhere where there's not lights, screens. You know, there's just, there's light everywhere we go. Could it be that Jesus' message from 2,000 years ago today takes on new and even more important meaning? Seeing as how light has become more necessary than ever? You know, back when Jesus said it, and I'm not trying to knock 2,000 years ago, but you think about this, back when Jesus said it, light was not a -a 24-hour-a-day occurrence. You know, at night, you'd have to start fires, you'd have to have oil lamps, but it wasn't something that you just took for granted. And yet today, we have light all the time. Could it be fair to say that Jesus is calling us to be the light of the world and that that actually takes on a new hearing today? That we are even more necessary given how much darkness there is in this present world? You notice that, by the way, right? There's a lot of darkness out there. So what are we supposed to do? Jesus has already told us. Be the light. You're going to encounter darkness tomorrow on Monday? I can almost promise you, you will. Be the light. Then you know what's going to happen on Tuesday? almost guarantee you, unless Jesus comes back and all this is over, come Tuesday going to run into darkness. Be the light. In light of recent events in world history where lying has become the norm, where you can't tell the truth for truth as much as you used to be able to, our calling as the people of Jesus is to be more than church spectators. Moreover, to be those who let our lights shine as people of truth, as people of love, as people of mercy. That calling is more important than ever. Jesus has been saying this for 2,000 years. 
and it doesn't look like he's going to quit saying it anytime soon. Jesus said, let your light shine before others. It's just another way of something that Jesus has been saying for 2,000 years as well. You are the light of the world.